right, welcome to I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson. Alongside me, as always, is my faithful sidekick, my Alfred, Tyler Kern. I'm Tyler. happy to be here. Hey, good to see you. Happy to be the Alfred to your Batman. I know, right? Right. You know, uh, if you missed the uh, the last podcast, we, we went on and on about our favorite superheroes and I just didn't think it was fair that Tyler would be my Robin. He's more my Alfred. So uh, I think so, that. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> so, Tyler, what's been going on with you? Anything exciting? You know, the weather's been a little gloomy oh, yeah. here recently, and yeah. that's just uh, that's really putting a damper on things. It makes know. me want to want to nap lately. Yeah, you know no kidding. I, mean? I, I think that's not a bad idea. We <laughs> may we may we may do a. a, a podcast on napping sometime you never know i would like that that's a subject i actually feel like i have some expertise you in. know i i think i think we both could probably <laughs> do pretty well with that well so today we've got we've got a really interesting topic um you know there there's two things that are certain right death and taxes death and taxes. that's right that's yes. right and fortunately here in texas uh you know, recently the voters uh, uh, voted for a proposition to make it more difficult for having a state income tax. Uh, I know, I know, I'm happy about that as well as uh, you know all of the uh, all the businesses and corporations that come to Texas are really happy that we don't have a state income sure, tax. Sure, sure. But we're not talking about taxes today. We're, we're gonna, talking about the other one. We're talking about the other <laughs> one. Yeah, you know, we're we're going to be talking about the the dying process. Hmm. And, uh, you know, so many people, yeah, it, we're all going to die. You know, let's, let's just be honest about it. And so, uh, you know, and, and people just really don't want to talk about it. And, and particularly whenever you get towards the end of life or if you have loved ones that, that are getting towards the end of their lives, it's a difficult time. Sure. You know, for me personally, I was an only child. Uh, lost both of my parents over the last eight years. Uh, and I've been in healthcare. I know, I know the process. And, you know, I'm... I can't say I'm comfortable with dying, but I've been around it in hospitals. Right. So, but but as far as the process and, and leading up to that, uh, there's a lot of things that that go on. Yeah. And, and so um, our guest today is uh, we we've gotten this this lady's got some chops. She is a PhD. She has a PhD in molecular molecular biology. Well, she could wipe the floor with. I both know, of right? Us right? No kidding. Education. No kidding. Gracious. But she chose uh, to uh, for her second career. She is a death doula. I don't think I'd ever heard of that. I before. neither had I. That's why I thought she'd be a great guest for us. Her name is Dr. Natalie Bonifay. And uh, we're even we're branching out too because she lives in New Haven, Connecticut. Oh, and and she's French, so now we're international. What's going on? I don't care. Goes international. We I don't care. Just goes international. I know. I don't have a beret to wear. So yeah, uh, neither do I. I don't okay. look good in a beret. Uh, so Natalie's company is called A Gentler Parting, hmm. and so uh, we'll be talking with Natalie here in just a few minutes to hear, uh, you know, what is a death doula, how she got into this, and. Uh, you know how she helps her clients uh, and uh, their loved ones go through the process of of passing. You know, it's it's really interesting to me that you mentioned that you know you've been in healthcare for as long as you have, and yet you know when you had to kind of walk through that process of your parents passing away, that there's still just so much to navigate and so many different things that you're having to deal with and work through all mm -hmm. at the same time. Um, and it kind of just reminds me that just like it, there are things that happen throughout life that you don't you don't know all of the other things that come along with it until you're there. Right. Like yeah. when, uh, when my wife and I got married, like you didn't realize what a pain it is to actually <laughs> change a last name. <laughs> 
you know, even just that that goes yeah. along with it, like just getting her social security card changed, like all of those different things oh, yeah. that, that come along with it are just it's just stuff that's tagged on that you don't even think about until all of a sudden you're going through this process and it's this overwhelming time I, I would assume just of of emotions you know yeah. because of what's going on but then also you have these these other things that have to take place other tasks i suppose that you, you have to look at it that way but it, having somebody to walk through that process with you s- sounds like something that is a beneficial thing, I would think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and and you hit the nail on the head when you mentioned emotions, Tyler, because, you know, and, and we've talked about this before. I've I've dealt with a lot of people uh, uh, in a healthcare setting who, at any other time, they're incredibly rational, mm-hmm. incredibly bright, but, you know, somebody, you know, if you if you or your loved one is going through a, a, a healthcare uh, issue, uh, emotions just start taking over. Right. And so you need, you really need somebody who can be, you know, kind of that, just that, that not disinterested third party, but somebody who has an objective view that, yeah, yeah. that can help you along and help you, help you make decisions and really, you know, in, in a sense, be an advocate for you throughout that process. And so that's what Natalie and, and people like Natalie do. And so I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing more from her. How about you? Yeah, I absolutely am. And I, I'm really fascinated to hear how she got into this yeah. particular line of work. And yeah, it's it's something that, you know, when you when you pitched this topic to me, I thought, this is interesting. So I read up on it, and it's a growing profession. I know. You know? And so no I'm kidding. very, very interested to learn a little bit more about that, learn a little bit more about her. And uh, I'm, I'm fascinated to hear this conversation. Well, good. Well, so uh, we'll be back with I Don't Care in just a few minutes, and we'll be talking with our guest, uh, Dr. Natalie Bonifay. Do you need more video content for your website and marketing channels? Want to create your own company podcast? MarketScale partners with companies to create the B2B content they need. Ask us how today. All right, we're back with I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson. And as I said earlier, we've got a really interesting guest today. Um, Dr. Natalie Bonifay, who is with A Gentler Parting in New Haven, Connecticut. And Natalie is a death doula. Natalie, welcome to I Don't Care. Hello, Kevin and Tyler. Thank you for having me. We're, we're so happy to have you on the show. So, Natalie, I guess the, let's get that first question out of the way. What is a death doula? Uh, we can talk about death doulas. It's a very scary term. Um, <laughs> most people actually call us end-of-life doulas. It's a little bit okay. less scary. Okay. Um, really what we are doing is uh, we are here to help. We are here to help educate and, and guide. And something also new that is empower individuals and families throughout the process and the entire process um, through death. So we basically uh, called in uh, to help bridge the gaps in support uh, before, during, and after death. Uh, there is a lot of medical and, uh, and emotional support in uh, 21st century America. And we are here to help coordinate with other care providers, identify, you know, community resources, and really help it tie tie it all together. Because um, the support is there. There's just a few gaps. 
And yeah. turns out people feel very lonely and they need they need someone to really witness them and have this supportive presence that we've lost in our culture. Okay. Um, Does it make any sense? Yeah, yeah. It, makes, it makes great sense. Uh, you know, I think most of our audience is, is fairly familiar with hospice, but talk a little bit about how you interact with hospice because you're not a clinician, correct? No. Okay. I am not a clinician. Some of us can be clinicians. Okay. There okay. are actually a lot of nurses who have become uh, end-of-life doulas. So uh, hospice provides palliative care, so mostly medical with nurses and practical with CNAs who assist with bathing and feeding and dressing. Mm -hmm. It's very, very, very important. There are also social workers, uh, chaplains, and volunteers. Um, So as end-of-life doulas, we do not give medical advice. Mm -hmm. We do not administer medication. So even a nurse who is a nurse and has become an end-of-life doula, they would not administer medication unless it's part of her job description. Okay. So we provide respite. We work as independent practitioners, but but we work as adjuncts to hospice to, again, fill some of the gaps okay. in non-medical care. So we really, we really are uh, uh, an additional uh, pair of eyes for hospice. Hmm. And we even refer them to families. Let's say I'm working with somebody who has gotten a diagnosis and is not uh, qualifying for hospice. Well, you know, maybe I can help them um, kind of think about calling hospice. And in that case, you know, that would serve hospice greatly. So we're really partners. Okay. Okay. So so you talk... And, and there's one thing... Sorry. No, go ahead. I said that although we, we, we provide in slightly different ways, uh, what I also found is that we really share the same values with hospice. And that's really, really important that people understand that we are not competitors, uh, but our values are the same, you know, based on compassion and adaptability mm-hmm. and detail, attention to detail and great communication and organization of skills and, and education. But again, we work as adjuncts. It's a great system in place. Okay. So you've talked a little bit about filling those gaps that hospice doesn't fill. Uh, talk a little bit about some of those some of those gaps. Well, you know, there are different times where people are en- uh, enrolled to hospice. And um, there are many uh, hospice organizations. I mean, just in Connecticut, uh, I have recently counted that there are 30 agencies. 30 different agencies providing uh, hospice and palliative care. Um, and they each have their specialties. Um, some have inpatient uh, facilities, some don't. And they would meet people where they are, at home or in assisted living or in um, nursing homes. Uh, some would have, you know, subcontractors as nurses. Some would have their own teams. Uh, some would do 24-hour, you know, um, care uh, at the end of life. Uh, some would not. So they each have their little specialties and niches. And um, where there are gaps is that although we have the same uh, values, but they are. I work as an independent practitioner, mm-hmm. 
So I am not limited by time. I don't have to rush from patient to patient throughout the state based on my location. Okay. Um, I can take, you know, one or two patients at the time at the most and just devote my entire attention to them. Okay. So, so because I am not reimbursed by Medicare. Okay. Oh, there you go. So, um, <laughs> so basically, if I were to retain you and say, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm going through, I'm beginning the dying process, and I don't know what to do. So, so obviously, you just said, you, you know, you would, you could interact, possibly, maybe connect me with hospice. But what about some of the other things? I know there's, you know, people are looking to, you know, if they haven't created any kind of advanced directives or or wills or anything like that. I'm sure you have resources, maybe attorneys or financial people. Tell me a little bit about that as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So yes, um, each of us, and I can talk about what I do in particular, is like we have a network of uh, practitioners in the in the community. So I have um, several names for um, attorneys, uh, elder care attorneys or um, financial advisors. I personally and generally do, less, uh, do not um, combine um, finances and, you know, um, patient care okay. and non-medical patient sure. care. So sure. we usually don't overlap. This is a very delicate um, uh, aspect of life. And um, we are there to really um, help fill the gap. So okay. if I want, if somebody called me, if you called me and said, you know, I have um, my state um, advanced directives, but you know, there's only a name. I even have not talked to my uh, to the person who I've put as my uh, uh, care uh, representative, healthcare representative. In case I cannot speak for myself, um, I don't. I don't really know what I want. Yeah, I can come in and facilitate those conversations, okay. and um, we can. We have documents, and for those discussions we do not need an attorney mm-hmm. but i would recommend that the person would revisit the will and the power of attorney and 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 all the financial aspects that if left un, um, uh, unattended would really uh create some problematic and painful things you okay know, once the process is advanced and we want to avoid that that's the whole point we want to avoid pain and unnecessary um, drama. Sure. So so really, you know, a lot of what you, you do a lot of advocacy and, and you're really there. Mm-hmm. And, and from what we've talked about in the, uh, before, it seems like that you're there, you know, you're there as, as just kind of an advisor, an advocate, a friend. Um, am I, mm-hmm. am I pretty, pretty right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And also, you know what I've heard? I've heard um, surrogate daughter. Ah. Okay. So without the emotion, mm-hmm. without the emotion, I do work with families. Mm-hmm. I do work with families. Uh, the patients who come, who tend to come to me, seem uh, seem to be mostly actually um, childless. Okay. Um, but I do occasionally work with families, okay. and I do not replace the family. On the contrary, I let them, I catalyze their, you know, loving interaction so they can focus mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. on really what matters to them. Okay. Well, and, and, and you know, I think with working with families, and you and I talked about this before, uh, you know, the more the more people involved, the more opportunities for emotions to get involved in and really for, mm-hmm. for a lot of conflict. So, so it seems like that, that you also help, you know, facilitating, you know, the ease, the easing of that conflict. Uh, am I correct in that regard? Is that something that you seem to do quite Absolutely. a bit? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Our simple presence is just very healing. Mm-hmm. Again, we are not therapists. We are not psychotherapists. We, but we pick up on emotions and we all have very educated on, 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 on how to deal with difficult situations okay. as well. But it seems like our presence is just very calming, very reassuring because we are only there to guide. You know, we're not cooking the kitchen, mm-hmm. making decisions. Sure. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's, people feel very comfortable. People okay. feel very comfortable, and uh, and we become part of the family. Okay, great. More often than, uh, than never. Yeah. Okay, well, tell me a little bit, Natalie, about the, the type of training and education that's out there for the end-of-life doulas. Yes. So um, there are actually um, – some people – I mean, we do not need training necessarily, but – what uh, what has developed uh, over the past several years now in the United States and also um, in Canada and in Australia, in England, uh, mostly in Anglo-Saxon countries, is there are end-of-life doula training program. Hmm. And uh, so let's say somebody in Texas or elsewhere, you know, or elsewhere even in France will be looking for, in English, of course, will be looking for uh, such programs. They would just uh, type um, Google uh, end-of-life doula training. Okay. And a few will pop up. And so there are different uh, uh, trainers, uh, all professionals. They either hospice, originally hospice nurses or attorneys or uh, social workers. And so the programs are either online uh, or they can also be in person, uh, depending on the trainers from that high school. And some have um, a hybrid of both approaches. And this is what I took. I took a hybrid. And so basically, uh, so this is like uh, in-person and online trainings with a lot of webinars. Webinars are used a lot to create a community and information uh, sessions. And I also combine, personally, I also combine that end-of-life uh, doula training with uh, elder care ah, doula training. Okay. And so I don't have to be working just with people at the very end of life. Uh, uh, so I'm able to really you know, engage and develop trust a lot before um, if there is a crisis, which is even better. And I also have like a care consulting training from the same trainer, uh, doula givers in New York. Um, It took, so that's the training I took and that's a lot of us. Um, Some people also are coming from, from hospice. So, a lot of them. I've also I've also become a, a, a hospice volunteer. Ah. So I've been a hospice volunteer for four years. So I work with the teens, and I, you know, I know how they function, and and I work as a hospice volunteer with them, and I enjoy it very much. Okay. Uh, so it allows me to really understand uh, the practices and uh, where I can really be useful. Okay. So I'm sure there's you know there's a lot of training on uh, as you mm-hmm. said elder care. Mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, just mm-hmm. uh, dealing with dealing with patients in a compassionate manner. Obviously, privacy, mm-hmm. things along those lines, right? Oh yes, yeah. Privacy is a big thing, of course, and it shows. It's a very very big section on this on all of my contracts. Okay. Okay, very good. Uh, so it's really, I had contracts made by attorneys that okay. uh, really make sure that this is uh, co-share. Yeah. All right. Well, I've already shared with the audience that you are a PhD in molecular biology. So what led you to become an end-of-life doula? Oh, you cannot make, you cannot see me <laughs> smile <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> so I. Uh, I, I try to use humor when I talk to people, mm-hmm. um, when they say, but what, what are you? What are you? They want to know. And so I, I try to say, you know, something like funny, something like, I'm a recovering scientist. Ah. Um, <laughs> so I'm a recovering scientist, and I think I will always be a scientist, uh, especially this is really a fascinating field. Um, uh, biologist in particular. Mm-hmm. But I happen to have reached the glass ceiling, so um, I felt... I, 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 but after 25 years of uh, of, of work uh, in the field, I, I did reach the glass ceiling in my case. And I really felt a calling for uh, more um, synergy and, and kindness in the world. That's really what happened to me. Uh, I cannot say that it is the case for everybody. But So I recently wrote a blog, um, and I will probably mention my website toward the end. So mm-hmm. about, you know, that move and, and it's very, it's very interesting question in that regard. Um, what really decide, why I decided to do that is just a time in my life. And then it's, it's really that, that habit of mine to embrace change. And, uh, and this time I was really looking for meaning. Okay. So okay. this way I'm able to combine. Uh, analytical skills, which we need, and also soft skills, and um, and that's really what makes me very happy as a person to be able to use them both. Okay, good. Tyler has a question. So one of the things, Natalie, okay. that, that stands out to me that's that's really really uh, particularly fascinating about what you do is you're there with people in. Uh, you know, at, at end of life, which can be emotional and a difficult time for some people. How do you handle and process the emotions of being with people during that time? Is that is that heavy for you at all? And, and how do you kind of carry that yourself? That's a very good question, Tyler. Um, at the time when I have with uh, when I am with the individuals and the families, um, I basically go to them and I leave everything of mine at the door. Um, anything personal, I leave it at the door and I'm with the person a hundred percent or 200% even. And I, and I listen to them. And what's really fascinating, uh, is that people open up to me. They open up in a way that they would not open up to a physician in a hospital. They don't have the time. Mm-hmm. They, they, they see that they are being seen and heard and even very subtle ways of communication I can perceive and um, that would take a lot more than a, a conversation with you to describe that it's very intimate and in in, uh, in, in a very beautiful way and many of these uh, feelings cannot be described with words it's very uh, it's very intense it's true but it's also it shows me the humanity in every mm. person I deal with and it's it, it, I see every person as 
as an entire person with an entire life of achievements, but mostly love and interactions with others. And um, it's it, it's very big. So yes, when I get home, I you know I pick up my own baggage, and uh, <laughs> and um, and I and I need time on my own. Sure, I need time on my own not to process those emotions necessarily because they are not mine, they are the person who shared them with me, um, but to kind of rest and to regenerate my own energy. This is why, I, as a scientist and as a biologist, um, it, you know, I really function as a, as, a, as a source of energy that I provide to others. And so when I get home, I need to feed my own, uh, recharge my own batteries. And it's often through walking nature, uh, talking with my dogs, you know, silence, okay. meditation, Reiki, yeah. Sure. So this well, is how I recharge. It, you think okay. about a battery because I really use it, and yeah, does it does it? Yeah. Does it answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and and I see a very similar thing with with people who who are are direct caregivers, obviously, in in the hospital setting mm. or or in a clinic setting, that. When when they go home, they have to find some way to to decompress with everything. And yeah. and I know yeah, healthcare well, uh, healthcare professionals uh, are known for having somewhat of a gallows humor at times. But but that's how many people uh, how many people deal with things. Well, Natalie, I've got a couple more questions. I think uh, one is how many how many people like you are there in the United States. So I actually uh, went and uh, and looked at uh, the website that I want to share with with you. Um, there is a national end of life doula um, association now, oh, okay. and a lot of us are uh, yes. And it's called it's actually National End of Life Doula Alliance. N e d a alliance dot org. And um, we are close to 300 ah, on that website huh. as having our own business and practicing in the United States. So I am not counting the other countries. It's very hard to really know the exact number. Okay. Um, but this is a good number already that I'm happy to share. Well, that's, I was, um, that's more than I expected. That's great. That's great. Yes. yes. Okay. Well, so this is good. Well, my last question is, you know, if people are interested in this, obviously this website uh, would give them some good information. But, you know, I don't want to let you get away without giving out your website. And uh, uh, certainly, hey, you know, that's that's I'm I'm here to help. And so tell us, uh, tell us about tell us your website and uh, and how people might be able to contact you if they're interested. Yes. Um, actually, so the NIDA uh, uh, website um, has also my um, my link since I am in Connecticut and we are a few of us mm-hmm. here. So they will be able to find me there, but they can find me um, under my first and last name. So Nathalie Bonafé and also urgentlerparting.com. Okay. This is my website. And uh, I had uh, in the past uh, written a few blogs. And uh, this month, I'm resuming blogging every month. So if they want to receive my blogs, they can uh, subscribe and uh, or check it regularly. And there is also under contact us um, my email information and my phone number. So okay. 
anybody can contact me. I'm always happy to uh, answer questions uh, about what I do, how I do it, and um, and um, and help. That's help wonderful. With the spreading of the word. Well, Natalie, yeah, I, I just. I just want to thank you for coming on. I don't care. It's been fascinating to hear uh, from you and, and about what you do. And hopefully we can uh, uh, we can do a little bit to spread the word about end-of-life end of doulas. And I won't call them death doulas anymore. I, I, I've, I've, you've educated me, and I appreciate that. So thank you <laughs> thank again, you Natalie. Thank you very much. Either way. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Bye. Take care. You are listening to MarketScale, the leader in B2B content creation. And we're back. Tyler, that was interesting. That was very fascinating. And uh, thanks for letting me ask that question. Yeah. I, was, I was really curious, I guess, how... I, I, think, I think it takes a special person to be able to do that. Absolutely. Right? Because I honestly don't think I could. Yeah. I think I would carry that with mm-hmm. me. Um, and so I admire the people who can, and I admire that attitude that she takes of, I check all of my stuff at the door, I am there with them, it's their emotions, and I, you know, form that bond with them, and then when I leave, then I deal with my own things. And yeah. That, to me, was particularly fascinating. You know, and that's the, whenever I was talking about, you know, to you know, other healthcare workers, you know, mm-hmm. I, I call it, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty... Hey, I'm a pretty compassionate and emotional guy. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you can tell that every time I walk in, right? But I, my family calls it, you know, dad or, you know, my wife uh, is, says, well, Kevin's put on his administrator hat now. Sure. And so emotions go away, you know, and, and I just, you know, I'm kind of that Joe Friday of Dragnet. Sorry, millennials, you have no idea who I'm talking about, but just the facts. You yeah. Know, I, you know, just give me the facts. Let me make a decision. And so... Uh, but uh, but yeah, Natalie was was really interesting, and and I really encourage everybody to go to her website, you know, agentlerparting.com yeah, uh, to learn a lot more about what she does and what other people like her her do. So, well, I think we're we've come to another end of I don't care. We got to put a bow on this. One. What are we gonna? How we want to wrap this one up? We are going to wrap this one up by having a gentler parting and uh, saying goodbye to our dear audience and tell them what we'll be back next week with another episode. Excellent. Have a good one, Tyler. <laughs> you too, Kevin.